Uh, good afternoon. Today I have Justin Newland with me on the release of his new book. Hiya, Justin. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, is someone saying something? It got a little bit laggy. I think I'm going to turn my video off just to help out. Okay. Oh, it's all changing around. Okay. There we go. Got it. Okay. We are being recorded, guys, so... Better be careful. It's all being, mind you, it's all being recorded anyway. You know that. You know. Okay, okay hey, Um, Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Oh, uh, well, some. you find that you have uh, different skills different things in your vault you didn't know were there and I, I guess that's part of the joys of life before that I've been a programmer a hotelier a doctor of mathematics um, and, and various other you know things from sort of post boy to delivery man to uh, you know I've worked in shoe shops and all sorts of things so um, I suppose, you know, I've always had a love of literature, um, world literature, French, English, German, American, South American, all kinds, plays, uh, as well as philosophy. Uh, why, uh, I love to be widely read. So uh, over the years, I've developed, um, you know, with the help of lots of dialogue with friends and uh, developed some really interesting ideas, which I decided some years ago to try to write about in novel form um, in the way of speculative fiction, you know, so that I can use history as a mirror of the human condition, if you like, um, which is, I guess, what I'm trying to do in these novels, which one of which we're talking about today. Um, and what made you finally take the plunge and actually write something to be published? Hey, uh, I guess, uh, well, I mean, these books are self-published, so it's slightly different. Um, I, I, I did dabble with commercial fiction for a while, but um, the editor that I was dealing with and working with just said, look, you know, you, you're not writing commercial fiction. So I decided, well, I'm, we're, we're not here for that long on this planet, so I better write what I want to write um, and get on with that. Um, and I felt that uh, the publication of a book kind of marks a good, is a kind of mark of the produce that you've had so far um, and allows you to move on to the next project, really. So that's what prompted me to, having done one, one becomes two, two became three, three's become four. So getting a bit of a knack of it. Good stuff. Um, and I have your new one here, which is that, so that abdication, which is out today. Yes. So would you like to give us a short rundown of what it's about? Okay. Um, the, the opening sort of preface 
kind of nicely summarizes the backstory, if you like, and what prompted me to write it in the first place. Um, so it's very short, and it says, when a man loses his way, he feels desperate. When a nation abandons its purpose, it slides into anarchy. When Homo sapiens shuns its nature as the wise, the kind, and the humane, it can only be called the abdication. So just to put that clear, because on some book signings I've been doing, a lady came up to me and said, oh, the abdication, that, that's, that's Edward, King Edward or somebody or other. I said, it's not. And he said, yes, it is. <laughs> I said, no, no, it's not. And it's not, it's not a king's or a queen's. It's, it's, it's a, a wider gambit than that, a wider gambit. Um, as if to say, well, look, we have this nature, but where you find things like cruelty or uh, inhumanity or callousness, that's not actually part of our nature. So where you find it in life and in the world, then you could say that we've abdicated from our nature. And that's what I wanted to explore in simple terms in this novel, which, which features a young woman's spiritual journey, I suppose, um, in her, and, and tests her belief in, in that spiritual journey. Um, so that's what I'd say in short. Did you have to do a lot of research for this? Well, good question. No. <laughs> I've written three historical novels and I got fed up doing research on every little line that I'm writing and decided that I'd try and find a setting um, which didn't involve much historical research. So, so this does not have a historical setting. It's sort of set in the Middle East in the 1800s, but that's about as far as it goes. I suppose I took as a model places like Masada. Uh, if you guys have heard of that place, it's a place, a uh, very famous place in, in, in um, post, uh, post the time of Jesus Christ in Israel, where the Jewish army were defending a high mountain ridge from the Romans, this is in 67 AD. Um, so it has this kind of dramatic setting of, a, of a, in the novel anyway, of a large gorge which separates two towns. Um, and part of my fascination with that story about Masada um, sort of figured in that. Um, I, I like, um, I have a fondness of setting my novels in one place. Um, and uh, I don't know if you know of, You'll have to stop me if I divert into many things here. Um, I think they're called the three classical unities of time, place, and action, which were applied to um, the Greek plays, the Greek tragedies. Unity of time meant that play took place in real time. So if it was a 90-minute play, it took, took place in 90 minutes. Unity of action... Um, a unity of place meant that it's, it was set in one place uh, for the whole of that period of time. And unity of action meant that, you know, you, you couldn't introduce sort of backstory uh, elements or flashbacks into your story. 
So I suppose the classic example uh, historically uh, and recently is, is the film High Noon, um, where it takes place in 90 minutes in the same place with the same characters. So I kind of like that format because it concentrates the dramatic action. Uh, and that's what I like about it. Um, it's, it's not always possible, you know, you, you've got to have some backstory. Um, but uh, you can have unity of place and unity of time. Um, although this one doesn't have unity of time, it has unity of place, all set in the same place. So there you go. Um, and centrally um, is the bridge, which I think um, you've quite cleverly written to be sort of mysterious. Um, what was the, the idea behind that? Well, the, the bridge uh, is meant to be sort of quite a fragile. It, it's um, uh, it's not a it's not a metal bridge or a concrete bridge. It's it's a kind of rope bridge, and it's deliberately uh, so because it it suggests something fragile. And I'm trying to suggest it is in, in a, as a metaphor, if you like as a fragile link between the two villages or towns on either side of the gorge, one of which supposedly um, hosted uh, a bunch of angels, and the other side um, which hosts the, you know, a bunch of townsfolk who kind of represent the human race, if you like. Um, so it, it's meant to suggest a tenuous link between those two entities, if you like. Um, and you just mentioned angels and you also talk about demons and a young lady um, has visions. So there's say a slight supernatural element. Um, is that something that interests you anyway? Very much so, yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I think um, there's a whole uh, element to life that is very mysterious um, and unexplained and, and yet to be explained even today with our you know scientific knowledge and um, years of uh, of understanding of things um, uh, so I, I feel that you know the last unexplored territory is probably the human mind um, and, and the way the brain works, um, the way the emotions work. I mean, do we, do we have people who are competent, practised, emotional healers? Not really. Um, you know, do we understand the way the emotional systems work in the human, what their function is? Not really. Uh, you know, there's just two examples. I wish we did, and uh, we could help more people than we do. But I'm just trying to point out, you know, that that um, um, that we are the last unexplored continent. And for some reason, we seem more interested in sending rockets into space than investigating our own systems. But there you go. And you said you've written four books. So if you were to be lifted and transplanted into any of your four books, which book would you choose to go into? And as what character? Oh, I don't know about the character, but I'd certainly go to ancient Egypt. Um, a continuing fascination. Um, 
you know, I suppose that was my first novel, The Genes of Isis. Um, looking back at the beginnings of our, our, our genetic, you know, um, you know, as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm trying to explore um, some of the traces of how we've ended up like we have today. How do we get here? And one of, one of those things is, well, we live in a body, we live in a genetic. How do we get it? Uh, and is this the one we were meant to have? And if it wasn't, did we miss something along the way or what happened? And so that's what I was exploring in that novel. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, um, I don't know what character I'd come back as. Um, the, the, there's a young lad, um, I'm just leafing through it now, there's a young lad called Taurus who I quite liked writing about um, um, in that novel. Yeah. What's the most interesting thing you found uh, doing research so far for any of your books? Um, oh, so much, but I'll tell you what um, I found today, um, which interested me. Um, I'm researching a novel um, set in the 1580s and Drake's circumnavigation around the world. Um, and he, he set off from England in, in, with five ships uh, and he got as far as Cape Horn, which is the bit at the bottom of South America. Um, and by then he only had, he, he kind of concentrated his crew onto three ships one of which got lost going round Cape Horn and the other one got separated from him because they were sailing as a fleet. Remember that this is a voyage that uh, only one other European had done. That was, that was Magellan. Um, so he was a real pioneer um, and I love the idea of it. But um, he, he, his other boat decided to return home because they got lost and got caught up in the storm. So it got as far as all the way down to South America and decided to turn around and come home, come back to England. And the guy's name was Captain Winter, John Winter. And of course, you've probably never heard of him. You've heard of Drake though, haven't you? Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. There's a phrase in... Um, uh, Shakespeare, because he kind of says it slightly better than I do. Let me say this. There is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood, leads on to fortune. Omitted, all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. So, hey, you get an opportunity, you bloody grab it while you can. <laughs> Because do you want to end up in the shallows and in the miseries? Not particularly. <laughs> no. So, I mean, these it's it's more those kind of stories and the morals in them and the, the grit in them that, that uh, sort of galvanise me. Um, you know, they're more than stories. They're, they're life's lessons, really. Um, so, yeah, there you go. 
what's been your most fun scene to write um, in any of your books and what's been the most difficult? Mm, I should have asked you for these questions beforehand, Donna. You know, I didn't know you asked me that one. Yeah, well, there you go. I'd like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> uh, the scene I enjoyed writing the most. Um, there's a scene at the end of the genes of Isis when the flood is coming um, because it, 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 it's, it, it's set in the lead up to the biblical flood um, and there's a whole crew who kind of have enough room to go into this vault. There's a whole bunch of people who can't get into the, the vault and they know they're going to be drowned. So I had no idea how to write the scene of what they were going to do. And in the end, I found this, this, this idea that they would sing. And one man started this singing and all the others slowly, mutely at first, joined in. Even though they all knew they were going to die very shortly, um, drowned in a probably not very nice way. Um, but I suppose... You know, I always kind of look for life-affirming moments, and, and that was one I enjoyed writing um, as a way of showing that, demonstrating that. Um, difficult scenes. I tend to shy away from sex scenes um, and, and horror scenes, I suppose. I kind of think there's enough horror in the world without me writing any more. Um, Difficult scenes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I might have to come back to you on that one. I have to think about. I think of one before the end. Um, yeah. What are some of your most overused words or phrases when you come to edit that you have to edit out? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, there's this. Um, there's a. Of course, in Word, um, you, 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 you can do word searches and it tells you how many times you've used the damn word. You know, so you can't get away with thinking, oh, I've only used that once or twice. Um, so I do tend to do so um, a lot as a beginning of sentences. And I put it, put it in a lot. And then I'll, as I'm doing a final edit, I'll try and take them all out again. Um, I mean, I know you mustn't use therefore because it's, it's kind of author speak, but... I kind of think you can get away with so for some reason. So that's certainly one of them. Um, and I suppose, um, I suppose I have a tendency also to use passive language, which um, is not always seen as kosher these days. Yeah. I love that question. Um, there's sometimes a lot of people um, have their characters shrugging or rolling their eyes a lot. It amuses me. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably they do that as well. <laughs> um, what's been your highlight so far being an author? Is there one standout moment for you? I don't know about standout moments, but um, certainly one of the great pleasures is actually meeting people. Um, uh, uh, as a writer and you know just as a human being really uh, and talking to people about all different kinds of things 
um, because you know most, if not all, people have some kind of interest in um, in the human condition, as I do, um, and therefore it's quite easy to spark up conversations. Uh, I do a lot of book signings, so um, I'm often trying to describe my my, my novels in in a short time. And often enter into kind of conversations with people, uh, which whether they buy a book or not um, is up to them. But uh, I think that's one of the unlooked for benefits and advantages, really. Yeah. And do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Uh, mostly from beta readers, but uh, I get some feedback. Uh, not as much as I'd like. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of authors say that actually. I think a lot of readers are still nervous to contact authors, thinking they're too busy or they won't respond or whatever. Yes. So I'm trying slowly to try and encourage people to contact authors, but there's always that hesitation. I think. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure, because you 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 started doing these interviews yourself. Um, since what January is it? Um, I think October, November last year, roughly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it has about a week off over Christmas, but apart from that, it's been pretty full on. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest dream or your biggest goal um, with your writing? Um. Uh, to write a better novel, I suppose. Um, uh, it's, it's difficult to kind of quantify or even qualify. <clears throat> um, I find writing, uh, writing novels certainly really quite complex because you're dealing with a lot of plot and character threads and to weave them into a a compelling story and tell the story that you want to tell inside that is 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 a skill that takes um, quite a bit of development. So um, I'm kind of hoping that uh, um, you know that those skills will sort of weave together in me, and um, the novel will, will drop out at some point or other. In, in, in the same way, I suppose that. You know, I'm not a Beethoven, but he, he had to write eight symphonies before he could write the ninth. Um, and I suppose that's the um, that's the formula that I'm working on, or two. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you feel like your jobs in the past have helped you write in? A little bit. Um, I mean, a lot of I had to make a transition from writing nonfiction. Um, and, and non-fictional reports to writing fiction. And that took some years. And, um, and to some degree, I suppose, I'm still working on that. Um, and that I can, you know, end up telling rather than showing uh, too much. I think you have to tell in the story to some degree to move the plot forward. Um, but um, I think that's where it shows. Uh, you know, and so the, 
to add always trying to add color to the language and, and vibrancy to the language is is, is always a good uh, a good a good struggle for me you wouldn't know it from reading your book your um your use of language is one of the um more poetic i would say um of the books i've read recently so yeah i mean i did try to um uh introduce some poetry into it because i know i got this idea from one of the beta readers where the angels were concerned i i needed he suggested um a different voice for them so i decided to put their their dialogue in a slightly poetic form um, and i think that worked to some degree um, i don't i don't really think of myself as a poet um, but I, I i i appreciate that it changes the meter of the of the narrative and and that is important from time to time uh, to change the voice uh, and introduce a different voice. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I usually just go with sort of three or four line little snippets, but um, I, I attempted a bit more this time. I'm glad you liked it anyway. I did. It came across really well. Mm, good. Um, if you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend the day with? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, some of my favourite authors, Dostoevsky, the Russian, the Russian lad. Um, I, I'll go with him for the, for today. <laughs> Theodore. You're gonna have to learn some Russian then as well. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. Otherwise, it could be a very boring day. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we find some some mutuality over some vodka. <laughs> Uh, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Um, I'm a bit of an addict, really. I suppose I, I do I do a lot of research, but um, you know I, I enjoy watching a bit of football and sports on TV. I walk a bit, talk to talk a lot to friends. You know, like these two guys um, who, who kindly joined the the Zoom meeting today, um, and and many others. So yeah. I, Bit of a conversationalist all round, um, and you know I might go to writers' conventions. You know, like you said, you went to the crime convention last week in Harrogate. You know, it's that kind of thing. I, you know, enjoy mixing with other writers and chewing the cud and stuff like that, and with family. Um, it's always a good time with family. Do you have a team that you support football? I support Spurs, yeah. Mm. <laughs> You're not uh, very pleased about the about Kane, then I would think. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my dad took me to see a match when I was a kid, and I supported him ever since. So, what can you do? 
Um, I think you tend to go for the team that's successful at the time you're growing up, and that's what I did. Um, but um, I suppose it shows I'm, I'm a bit of a loyal lad. I kind of stick with people and things in the ups and downs. So there you are. Yeah, well, uh, I was always told that it was stick a pin in a map in the town closest or the team closest. So that is mm. why I support Luton Town. Okay. For my sins. Yeah. yeah, and that really is ups and downs, mostly downs, but we're, we're going slowly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, if you were stranded on a desert island, what three things would you want with you? Tarot pack. Uh, probably the works of Shakespeare. Um, uh, and a telescope. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like to do that actually, with no uh, artificial lights ruining all the all the sky. <laughs> and if you're able to travel to any period in history, forward or back, where would you go to? Yeah, I'd probably go to ancient Egypt. You know, 50, 60, 70,000 years in, something like that. Go right back to the beginning of things. See what it was like back in um, the day. Yeah. Oh, I've been to the pyramids and it's just amazing. And the whole history of that place is, is something else. And their reasons for doing things and the advancements they had before anything now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you, um, is there any places in the world that you'd like to visit that you haven't been to? Not really. Um, I suppose Tibet comes to mind um, uh, as, as a place of, of interest and possibly China. Um, you know, far, I've never been to the Far East, but I'm not sure I'll ever get there the, these days. Um, you know, you don't know about international air travel. Uh, and so that's a long journey. Um, yeah, so Tibet and China. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a novel about China without ever having gone there. So people say, oh, did you go there? I said, no. I went there virtually. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't. It does a bit anyway. Yeah, no <laughs> um, do you have loads of books waiting to be written or does an idea come to you and then you just go with it? Uh, yeah, more than latter, really. Um, I suppose I, 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 I generate ideas as you write and as you learn to read your own levels of interest in something because I think a key thing an author needs to learn is 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 how um, how to read their own levels of interest, yeah. So that because if you haven't got a passion about something, a particular area or historical period, you, you ain't going to see it through. 
Um, so it's it's really important, I think, to start a project that you're going to finish. So choose your projects carefully. And obviously, sometimes you know you you make explorations into a territory, um, and then decide sooner or later, well, actually, this is not for me. But um, it's uh, it helps to go into a territory and finish it off if you, if you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and what are some of the books you like to read? What's some of the best books you've read recently? Um, I'm enjoying um, uh, what was it? I enjoyed the Time Traveller's Guide to Elizabethan England was one I enjoyed a lot. And these are kind of um, not fiction and the world in compass, which I am working through at the moment, because that's um, uh, almost like a blow by blow account of Drake's circumnavigation of the world. So to write this Armada story, um, I'm, I'm taking my characters around the world with Drake. So not only is, is there no unity of place, there's no unity of action either. And I'm, I'm finding it very difficult to write because I haven't got my, I haven't got my usual fixings, you know what I mean? Because uh, like the good thing is when, you, when you've got unity of place, you get to know what the place is like, you know, which, which bit of the village is next to which bit. But if you're forever moving the guy, your characters around, you're ever forever having to try and place them in your mind with the buildings and the materials that are used, how high they are, what the smells are. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> although I'm not sure I really want to go into the smells that they had to put up with in Elizabethan England, but I'm not sure they'd invented the word sewer uh, at the time. Yeah. Anyway. You get um, my drift. Yes, very much so. So that's next for you. And then do you have a plan for what you're going to do after that? Um, I, well, after the Armada story? Yeah. Ah, um, I, I don't have anything in mind, no. Um, uh, so um, I, I don't have another project in mind, but I'm sure there are some, some things that I'd like to write. Um, just don't know what they are yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. Yeah. And um, if there any genre that you would consider writing apart from the one that you do currently? What, fiction? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I guess, you know, I mean, you, you, you've read the novel, haven't you? you you've read, yeah. So you can see I, I don't really fit into any great category, do I? So, I mean, I could say I could write a crime novel, but I wouldn't come at it 
with a notion or understanding of what a crime is in the way that we understand it today or the way we understand it um, generally. So I suppose I would say I might write a crime novel, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't approach it with the notion of crime that we have today, if you see what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, I remember I've been doing a lot of signings in WH Smith's and funnily enough, about two or three of the younger assistants there seem to be doing um, criminology degrees. Young women, you know, 18, 20, whatever. You know, you ask them what they do. They're usually the Saturday girl um, sort of working there. So I remember having a chat to one of them and saying, well, look, I, I can put you out of a job. I can completely put the legal system out of a job. And she said, hey, how can you do that? She said, oh, I said, all you got to do is make sure everybody tells the truth. Okay. And then, you don't, you know, all you need is, 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 a, is a court to sentence people. Because they're going to tell you the truth all the time. We've only got the huge legal system we have because people don't tell the truth. Even though on the stand, they, they swear by all sorts of things that they're going to tell the truth. A lot of good that does. So anyway, um, you asked about crime, but you've got something else. There you go. <laughs> well, I asked about different genres, actually, not crime specifically. But... Yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I was just intrigued. Um, it sounds, um, I'd love to see how you handled that, actually, so... You know, if ever you do, then I'd read it. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll have to think of something. Um, yeah, no pressure, it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you carry on writing, you know, whatever you're writing, but, you know, when yeah. you get around to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think I have any more questions, so I am happy to let the others ask you questions and I can sit back and relax. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, uh, Donna, for taking the trouble to go through all those questions with me. Absolute um, pleasure. I'm glad I caught you out on a couple. Yeah, yeah, you did. I've still got to come back to you on one. I can't remember yeah. what it was now. Uh, or the most difficult scene to write. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. Probably all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of myself as a good writer. Um, but there you go. Maybe I should. Yeah, but maybe it's good to do that because I, I don't sort of assume that I'm, I'm any good. You know, I still think I've got loads to learn, uh, and I suppose it's better to be that way than the other way around. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, good to see Zoe join us. I, I, I yeah. um, he asked for the link a couple of minutes ago, so I see she's joined us. Well, if anyone wants to ask any questions, then unmute or turn your cameras on and you're free to ask. Don't all, don't all jump at once. You know. Are you still there? Yeah, I got disconnected for like a minute or two, but I'm back on. Oh, I thought you got to see your client, you know, just got fed up, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I lost the connection a little bit. Um, okay. Yesterday I lost my satellite, my internet, my phone, everything yesterday for about an hour. So here I am. Okay. But um, 
I wanted to ask, because I've read the book and I found it very um, sort of fast paced where as a reader, I was gripped by the pace of it. So I was wondering, what is your method or source of inspiration that allows you to have this kind of um, stream of consciousness that goes throughout the book? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I think you're sort of, to my mind, touching on one of the things that's almost like the holy grail for a writer, which is continuity of process. Um, because particularly when you're writing the final edit, uh, I remember reading that an author suggesting that you have to have the whole book in your head. Um, and of course, what you're trying to do in a novel is to, to write something integral, something coherent from beginning to end, you know, something that has the same voice all the way through. And ideally, you know, you do that in one sitting, but you no, know, I haven't got the stamina to write for 60, 80, 120 hours. Do you know what I mean? Which is probably what it would take. And then you'd need all the research to get to that point where you were ready to write it. So it's very difficult because you sort of sit down in all different sorts of moods. I mean, you know what life is like. You have ups and downs. And, and then you have to try and find the thread of where you were the last time you were writing and trying to make it consistent with that thread and pick up the voice and the connection of it. Uh, but I suppose that's part of the fascination and the love of the struggle of it. Um, you know, and I, I've made this reflection before that I think writing writing a novel is as difficult as trying to persevere. Trying to be a better person is, is just bloody difficult. <laughs> Um, and so is writing a novel because you, you've got so many different pieces of a jigsaw you're trying to keep in place and and juggle them all the time and it, it, it's uncannily similar so I don't know if that answers your question I mean yeah, you've, yeah. You've, you've written a book you, you, you've got some idea of the answer as well haven't you? yeah but my book my book is cheating because it ah. comes from my own life and then each story came with each section if you know what i mean I, yeah, there is yeah. a thread that goes through but um one of the reasons i asked the question was because you did such a good job of having that voice all the way through which is very difficult to maintain um and, and also my book was based from experiences in my own life it wasn't fictional characters um although I'm trying to do that now. But um, the other reason I asked is because I'm very interested in the phrase creative genius. And because I'm, you know, like the process of creativity. I'm very interested in that right now. So that's something I'm sort of researching on my own. So I thought I would ask you, but you kind of, you know, gave me some insight for that process. Yeah, it's that staying in the same process for length of time that you need to stay in it I mean I don't know if you've seen some of the blurb in my book but I 
I love to go to monastery, right? Um, a place called Buckfast, where there's a Benedictine monastery, and they take guests. Have your own room. I go in there. I won't tell the, the guest master, but I take down, <laughs> take down all the Christian paraphernalia um, and put it neatly in a corner while I'm there. I got no yeah. disrespect, no disrespect to to their their faith, even God and all all that myself. But I, I want to create my own space, if you like, and I sit there for five days, and I it's so quiet that you can literally hear your own thoughts. The thing that interrupts you is the bells of the ring of the time. Of the And it, it's just, I, by the end of the day, my hands are tired from typing. Because you, you don't have to think, you just, it just comes out. It, it's the most marvellous thing. And you realise when I'm at home, there are so many intrude into that connection, if you like. So it's finding the space that you can do it in is really... If you can find any where you can have that closet, if you like, go for it. So that's where I found mine. I mean, you, you might have a centre somewhere you can go to and sit quietly for 12 hours or no? Okay. Not, not anymore. No, okay. No, not yeah. anymore. As of the last uh, month. Um, yeah, I tend to write like late at night or when I'm out in nature. And I kind of just seclude myself. Um, I mean, to, to write through the night would be a, a different way to do it, yeah, particularly if you if you have that ability to do it, because then you've got that quietness uh, and, and, and lack of distraction. Yeah, because then everything is quiet at night, you know. Um, there's no noise. There's, you know, everything is quiet. And... Um, how long did it take you to write this book? Um, probably not that long, actually. Probably about a year to 15 months. Okay. Although I think I counted something like 15 or 16 drafts. Quite a few of the drafts were similar. Some of them were quite substantially different. Um, you know, I got a lot of feedback from guys like yourself. which I took on board um, and, you know, created new drafts. I don't usually write quite so many drafts, but it doesn't mean to say that the first draft was that different from the end draft. But um, getting the balances of, right, of what you're trying to do, I suppose. You know, I think I, I changed the ending how one of the characters died several times. In fact, I think I changed the ending probably three or four times, and I tend to do that, um, trying to get the ending right. Like you start with um, the bottom of a triangle at the beginning, and as, as you build the plot, you're building a kind of triangle. And, and when you get to the top of the triangle, that's where the ending is. That's where, the, that's where it's very compressed. So try every kind of word counts much more than at the bottom. 
with every phrase of the gesture really starts to matter because that's exactly what you want to happen. You want the ending to be significant um, and full of meaning and, and, and empathy or potential or whatever. So you want that and that's what you're aiming to do. But then you've got to try and deliver. <laughs> well, that's the, you know, that's the, you know, like I said with that, that um, thing about the flood to if, if you're on the run with something go, go with it because you know you, you won't get another chance you've only got one shot of this and even today this is the only chance we've got to do what we're doing today and now we could we could line up again tomorrow but it won't be the same this is it <laughs> Sorry, I dropped you. I'm you dropped so me. Oh. <laughs> well, You're I'm right. in the car and my hand slipped, so I dropped you. I'm so sorry. Don't worry. You're <laughs> okay. Didn't hurt. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. good. Um, yes. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, endings are very difficult to come to. And um, I, I'm always inspired by the things that you write. So thank you. And, I'll let somebody else ask some questions, but it's good to see you. And, uh, yeah, and you, Karen, we should do this again sometime. Have a chat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm around. Good to catch up. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Hi, sorry. Nice hello. to see you. I haven't got a question. I just thought I'd come and say hello and happy publication day. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, Donna's been keeping me on my toes. <laughs> you guys are mates, aren't you, or something? We yeah. are indeed. We're yeah. besties. Yeah, you look like troublemakers to me. <laughs> huh? And that's without knowing us, Zoe. <laughs> he doesn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even we, know we it. Can't... No. You're having a good day, though. So far, yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, are you you you're not working today? You're... Oh, I am. I'm still working now. I've just jumped on while I'm on while I'm working. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's why I just thought I'd just say hello. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time out. Appreciate it. That's okay. More than welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let someone else talk now. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, do you want to say anything or insult me in some way? Or <laughs> are you still orbiting the globe? Or what are you doing? I haven't got any money for you. <laughs> oh, he's going to have to get a cup of tea, I bet. He's probably not even there. Oh, no. Here oh, we yeah, go. No, there he is. <laughs> I just want to say a big congratulations with your new book, Justin. Thank you. It's really appreciated. Thank you yeah. for joining today. Yeah, my my pleasure. You're you're really an inspiration. Okay, we should uh, renew our weekly conversations. We were we were on a bit of a run at one time, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I miss those calls. I mean, it's, it's it's always good to chew the card with you. Um, mm. And uh, just so the other guys know, I mean. Mm. Um, well, 
um, helped me a lot. And, and we went to uh, this place called um, Kaliningrad um, some years ago, many years ago. And out of that visit, I wrote uh, my third novel um, called The Coronation, which is one before uh, the abdication. And um, um, we had a great time um, trying, to, trying to conjure up history at that place. It's, a, it's an old Baltic state uh, between Lithuania and Poland. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's, just, it's another really interesting story. But uh, maybe that's for another day. Yeah. So before we sign off, would you like to just remind everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can buy your new book from? And all your other Yeah, there's, um, there's revised the, the website uh, um, just recently. So folks can actually buy and order the book through the website and I can do a dedication as well, send it out to folks. Uh, that's www.justinnewland.com. Um, but it's available through, you know, Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smiths, you know, all the, I, I did a search one day, um, it, it, it's available in India, Australia, South Africa, I think they just port the ISBNs of, uh, to, 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 their, to their own database, and it, it looks very impressive, but one wonders if anybody orders any of them from, from you know, the midst of Peru or somewhere, but um, it, it is generally available, yeah. Again, there we go, yeah. that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, and many, many thanks to uh, you, Donna, and to Jim Burns, who did the cover design, um, and um, to the, the many folks who, who helped me with the beta reading. Um, uh, Kira was one. Um, I invited a couple of others, uh, Vincent Triola, who couldn't make it today, Sarah Bayard, uh, and, and, and some other folks. Um, so, yeah, many thanks to them. I mean, a, a book is a, the making of a book has, is a story in itself. So, you know, there's lots of assistance along the way. Um, little snippets of information I got from um, a lady I know in, in Israel. Uh, because I wanted to get some local information about the birds and the, and the wildlife and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's a kind of a strange gathering of information and facts and fiction um, is what you might call a novel and quite, quite a wonderful collection, really. So, yeah, I wanted to say a few thanks there as well. Brilliant, and thank you for coming and joining me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Donna. You're going to put this on, on your YouTube channel, or what, what happens now? Um, one second.